Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Welcome back to House to Home Podcast. This is your host, Brianna Scroggins. It's just me here today chatting with you guys. And we're going to be talking about the topic of beautiful women. And if I can get my husband talked into doing one on men, we will also be bringing you a podcast on something like respectable men. Um, Basically, what we're talking about today about women and then just the flip side of that with men. There's a lot we could talk about when it comes to women and I've narrowed it down to what makes a woman beautiful, but there's a lot to talk about when it comes to beauty as well. And so we have a full plate here today that I'm going to try to condense as much as possible and it kind of goes the same way with men. So if I can get my husband on here to talk about that, it's just hard to narrow down what exactly you want to talk about. What is a godly man? What is a godly woman? And so we may not have that podcast out for you right after this one. Maybe we will. We'll see. But maybe somewhere down the line in the future, if not directly after this podcast, we will be talking about men as well. But today we're just addressing women, so it's a little bit more specific today, and it does relate to the home still, so hang hang in there, bear with me. You'll hear us talk a lot about the true, the good, and the beautiful here on House to Home Podcast. You've probably already heard us mention these three things on previous podcasts. It's nothing new that we've came up with. We're not trying to be cool and trendy. Rather, this is a classic line of thought. It's actually um, typically referred to as the Platonic Triad. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. If you do classical school in any way, shape, or form, you probably have heard of it. It's fundamental in classical education, and we'll dive more into this topic of the true, the good, the beautiful. Come August, we're going to release a series on education right in time for school starting up. But today, however, I'd like to just draw attention to the beautiful. Today's episode is titled Beautiful Women, again. So it's no secret that women are beautiful beings. I think we would all agree. Women house beauty. In everything that we do as women, we have the God-given ability to either tear down or to build up. Proverbs 14.1 says, A wise woman builds up her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. So beauty is a powerful force. And, And this scripture here is not talking specifically about beauty. There are many ways that a woman can build up or tear down, but beauty is a powerful thing and it can be used as a powerful tool. It touches something in us that other things can't. It it touches desire. And a lot of times when you're hearing truth or when you're talking about goodness or you're touching on these other things, it may not touch that desire side in you. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but beauty almost always does. Beauty almost always affects our desires and our emotions. Beauty touches something that other things cannot. 
So there's a story about a father instructing his son to stay away from a certain type of woman, the wayward woman, the one that Proverbs calls the adulteress or the whore. The father tells his son, this girl is no good for him. She is corrupt. She is full of bad morals. There is no good. There is no truth in her. But if the dad were to say, stay away, son, because she isn't beautiful, then that boy is going to what? He's going to roll his eyes at his dad only to look over at the girl and see that she is truly quite beautiful indeed because she's outwardly pretty, right? But just because you're outwardly pretty doesn't mean you're good and doesn't mean you're true. So this is just a story of any boy. It's also the story of, not the story, but it's also in Proverbs, Proverbs is a lot of Solomon giving wisdom against the wayward women to stay away from the adulteress, to stay away from temptation, but to look to what is true, what is good, what is beautiful. And so just because this girl is outwardly pretty doesn't mean she's inwardly pretty. So you can tell a boy to stay away from a woman because her behavior is ugly, but every young and old man knows a gorgeous woman when they see one, right? But... Here's the kicker. Does every man know when they found a truly beautiful woman? Not a distortion of beauty, not a perversion of beauty, but a woman who is not only beautiful on the outside, but the inside reflects the outside. And the outside reflects the inside. Do we know when we have found a truly beautiful woman? So I was listening to Dr. James Dobson a long time ago on the radio, and there was a lady on there speaking about her young college-age boy. Um, A girl had walked by them in the mall, and she was clearly dressed immodestly, um, was showing off a lot. And his mom asked her young boy what he thought about the girl who dressed like that. And the response of this young teenage boy stuck with me so much that I had to write it down. And I knew that I would use this in the future. And I've said this before. I've shared this story before on other platforms. But here's what he said. He said, it arouses the boy in me, but it doesn't attract the man in me. Proverbs 31 starts with a mother addressing her son. And her son is the king. And she says to him, do not give your strength to women. It's interesting to me that most people leave this portion of Proverbs 31 out. A lot of times we want to talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, and so we just skip those verses. But Proverbs 31 is, it is a note. It is a letter from a mom to her son. And the mother is basically telling her son, son, stay away from the wayward woman. Do not give your strength to that type of lady. Do not give your strength to that type of girl. And then in the verse, um, in verse 10 of Proverbs, it opens up and it starts to say an excellent wife who can find. So she's saying, son, you know, don't give your strength to women like this and who can find an excellent wife. And then she goes on to say, this is the ideal woman. This is an excellent wife. And many of us can quote Proverbs 31. Many of us Um, are super familiar with this passage. If you're not, and you're a woman listening, you're a wife, you're a mom, or you're a young lady, familiarize yourself with Proverbs 31. It's full of good truths. It's full of what a woman should be like. So today we're going to be talking about beautiful women because we want these virtuous, beautiful women to be the wives of our homes, to be the daughters in our families, And the women that our boys marry. So we want these beautiful women 
filling our homes and we want their beauty overflowing out into the streets. So this is where it applies to the home. A beautiful woman makes a beautiful home. A beautiful woman is the aroma of a home and that will go out into the streets, that will flow out into the church and into the places that she goes. And right there, that is a walking, living, breathing, beautiful example of the gospel. Doesn't get much better than that. So what makes a woman beautiful? Beauty actually isn't a subjective thing. People like to think that we can kind of pick and choose what we think is beautiful or what is attractive to us. But determining what is beautiful is actually a moral issue, something important in itself, not something that is only satisfying to me, says Hildebrand. I'm going to say that again. Hildebrand says something important in itself, not something that is only satisfying to me. For example, a sunset. Some people may be more awestruck by a sunset than others. Maybe you're looking at the same sunset that your husband's looking at, and you're just blown away by the sunset. You're trying to take pictures of it um, so you can share it with your friends. It's just a beautiful, gorgeous sunset. You want to share this with the world. You love it. And your husband's there, and he's like, it is. It's a beautiful sunset. It's not the prettiest I've seen, but it's the prettiest, you know, or it's not the prettiest I've seen, but it's a pretty sunset. But you're just, like, tripping over this beautiful sunset. So some people might be more awestruck than others. Some people might like a sunset over a sunrise or prefer a sunset over a sunrise, but no one is going to look at a sunset and say, that is just absolutely disgusting. It's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I don't even know why you think that is so beautiful. No one's going to say that, right? Unless they're sick. C.R. Wiley talks about this in um, his podcast. There's a podcast that I recommend called The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. My husband sent this podcast. It's a podcast, I should say, but they call it The Pugcast. So if you want to look it up, it's called The Pugcast, like the dog. They have lots of good podcasts, but this one was good specifically talking about beauty. And so I listened to this before doing this podcast, and I would recommend that. So he uses the analogy of someone being sick And he talks about a Krispy Kreme donut and how a Krispy Kreme donut is beautiful and it tastes great. But if to someone who is sick, they might look at that donut and be disgusted by it, right? They're not going to want that donut because they're sick. But someone who is healthy is going to look at that donut and be like, that's a beautiful, you know, masterpiece. Let me eat it. So he uses that analogy in that podcast titled The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And I thought that was good because if you're sick, you are not going to see true beauty. But if you're healthy, you know what true beauty is. So again, what makes a woman beautiful? Well, 1 Peter 3, 4 tells us, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And then Proverbs 31, 30 tells us, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So here the word of God tells us that our adorning should be the hidden person or the hidden man, as the King James says, of the heart. That we should be adorning our hearts with the beauty that won't perish or fade, but the inner beauty. And this comes from a gentle and quiet spirit. Proverbs 31.30, that scripture I just read, says that beauty is vain. 
And right after Proverbs is Ecclesiastes. And Solomon wrote Proverbs, and he wrote Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes is basically talking about vanity, that all is vanity. Here it is saying that beauty is fleeting, beauty fades, right? So we need to be focusing on the inner. That is what doesn't fade rather than the outer. So note here, it says a gentle and quiet spirit. Too many women get confused with this. And so I want to kind of spend a little bit of time on this gentle and quiet spirit that First Peter talks about here. So a gentle and quiet spirit is not necessarily a shy or a quiet personality. It doesn't mean you're introverted. It doesn't just mean you're, you have a quiet temperament, okay? There is a quietness that is implied here. There is a certain calmness to a woman that makes them beautiful, but we're going to have different personalities. There are going to be women um, like myself who enjoy talking, who enjoy sharing podcasts, who enjoy teaching. And there are going to be other women who don't really want to be the teachers, who don't find that as a gift that they hold, but would rather be more behind the scenes, more of the serving. Um, we're all going to serve in different areas um, in different ways. So I hate to even use that term there, but there's going to be women who are more outgoing or more talkative or more willing to share than others, right? But we should all be willing to share our gifts in some way or another. This quietness that is implied here is meaning that you're not assertive. You're restful. You're at peace. You're content and you're resting in God. So you're an approachable woman. You're not reactionary. You're gentle. You're not easily set off but you are an approachable woman. So you don't have a cluttered spirit, okay? You're seeking forgiveness from others when you sin, and you're forgiving others when they sin. You're not harboring bitterness inside of your heart. Ultimately, you are resting in the sovereignty of God. Your spirit is quiet. Your spirit is calm within you, and it's gentle. You don't feel like you have to have things under control. You don't feel like you have to take control of the situations. You don't feel like you have to be head honcho. You are quiet and calm. You are resting in God and on God. And so this is what it means to have a gentle and quiet spirit. And it says that this type of spirit is very precious in God's sight. So we dress our inner self with this gentle and quiet spirit. And as we focus on the inner person, the outer person then follows suit, or it should at least. The outward starts to match the inward in many cases. Rebecca Merkel talks about this in her book, Eve in Exile. She talks about how when she's teaching her literature class to teenagers, she likes to do an exercise where she tells them to close their eyes and she says, okay, I want you to picture this type of girl. She says, picture the girl in high school who is head of the cheerleading team, has a wealthy family, really loves fashion, is super friendly and outgoing, and um, loves to wear makeup, and is a girly girl. Okay, so she's having them close their eyes and she says, picture this girl. She says, okay, open your eyes. How many of you pictured a girl with black hair and an emo haircut with bangs that kind of go over half of her face? She has a band t-shirt on and maybe a nose ring and black fingernail polish and a skateboard. And they're all like, no, we, we did not um, picture that. 
And we can say that this is stereotypical if we want, but we dress to show what our lives are revolving around. We dress to show what is inside of our hearts. We dress to show what we believe. We dress to show what we're interested in. We would like to think that we don't, but the way we dress tells a lot about us. The way we look reflects somewhat of what's inside, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the world, what we want to show others. And if we don't put thought to this, we're still going to be sending some sort of message, whether we intend to or not. So let's let the inner part of us flow out into the outer, right? And with this comes much creativity. We don't all have to look the same. I mean, think about all of the diversity around us and all of the beauty that God created, not just in the diversity of human beings with cultures and race and color. We have tons of diversity there, but think even just about creation itself, how you can go over to Ireland and it's going to look drastically different than Antarctica. And you can go from Antarctica over to Australia and it's going to look totally different and from Australia to Hawaii. And these places don't look the same. They don't have the same sort of animals or the same um, oceans, the same plants and trees. Everything is so diverse. So there's going to be so much creativity in us and that can flow out of us, but let's make sure it's grounded in biblical truth. Let's make sure that it's true, godly beauty. So other than having a gentle and quiet spirit, how do we dress our inner self beautifully? Well, I like to start with the fruits of the spirit. We've been going through the fruits of the spirit in our homeschool curriculum. The way that we do school is we go from September to May um, with a strict kind of school curriculum and then during the summer we've just been loosely keeping up with things but the fruits of the spirit are a great place to start so things like gentleness which we just talked about being a gentle woman that doesn't mean just physically being gentle and how you touch and care and nurture but it also means being gentle with your words not being harsh not being easily set off not being given to anger goodness being a woman who values what is good What does God say is good? Because there is good and there is evil. There is wicked. So what is goodness? And does our life reflect that? Does our spirit reflect that? Kindness. Proverbs 31 says, The teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So when we're teaching, when we're sharing, when we're talking, are we being kind? This isn't the same thing as being nice. So it's not the same as people pleasing and trying to do or say what we know will please others or make others happy, but it's bearing truth in a kind way. So when we're teaching with kindness, we're giving truth. So we're saying what is biblical, but we're doing it out of the kindness of our heart or the kindness that's in our spirit. And if there's no kindness in our spirit, if we're easily set off by what the world is doing or even what the church is doing, if you see something on Instagram, for example, if you see another lady or um, a church member, or just anyone, you know, maybe it's not even a friend, maybe it's someone who is maybe an enemy to you, and that sets you off, and so then you want to retaliate and make a post back, you know, or maybe you want to speak up about something, an issue that's going on in culture. Um, Be careful how you do it, because the Proverbs 31 woman teaches in kindness. She doesn't stray from the truth. She is strong. She makes her arms strong for the task before her. 
Um, She is bold in Christ, but she is also kind in the way that she presents the truth. So the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. That goes with how we are speaking to others around us, the people in our home, the children that we're teaching. Kindness is important. Joy. Are you joyful? This isn't just being happy, but this is having the joy of God in our spirit. No matter the circumstances, can we be full of joy? Our homes should be the most joyful homes around. We should be laughing. We should not be taking ourselves so seriously. Peace. Do you have a peace that surpasses all understanding? As Philippians says, is it a peace that when everything else around you may be going crazy, maybe every kid is screaming in the car, can you hold a peace within you that surpasses understanding? Because that's an unexplainable peace. Love. Can you love others like Christ loves you? Um, Can you be willing to lay down your life for a brother? We can only find this love by looking to Christ. Patience. Are you patient with those around you? Um, or are you just ready to get to the next thing? Are you eager? And it's not so bad to be eager and you know, in certain times. But are you patient with those who are still learning around you? Are you patient with those who are still coming to the truth? Um, are you long-suffering with them? Faithfulness. Are you a faithful friend? Are you a faithful spouse? Do your thoughts match your actions? Do your actions match your thoughts? We know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and eventually those things that are going on in your head will come out in your actions and in your words. So are you a faithful person? Self-control, this is a huge one. Are you self-controlled? Or again, are you easily set off? Are you assertive? Are you easily frazzled about things? Or can you control your temper? Can you control the sins that are so, you know, easily entangling us. And it's only through devotion to Christ and by his grace that we can do any of this. So if you struggle with any of these, I look at these and I think, oh my goodness, I have so much room to grow, but the Lord is faithful to help us. So this type of spirit, this gentle and quiet spirit is a spirit that is precious in God's sight. Another mark of a beautiful woman is her fear of the Lord. That proverb scripture says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So what does this tell us? It tells us that a woman can be charming, but not God-fearing. A woman can have outward beauty, but not be God-fearing. And this is when we see women not standing up for the truth, not standing up for goodness, and instead they're falling into the world's distortions of beauty. So we need to be careful not to fall into the world's trends, not to fall into the world's beliefs. These things can touch desire inside of us and they can stir us up. And these things can even seem beautiful or have a touch of beauty that draws us in. But is it a beauty that is God glorifying? Is it a beauty that also holds to the true and to the good? So analyze even the like the fashion trends that are going around or you know, what other women are saying and what they are believing, we can easily fall prey to these things. But the holy women dress themselves by trusting in God and fearing God, right? So um, 1 Peter, what is it? 1 Peter 3, 4. um, 1 Peter 3 goes on to talk about these holy women and how they submitted just like Sarah to their husbands. These were how the holy women addressed or dressed and adorn themselves. 
being submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, calling him Lord, or, you know, that term also means master or home ruler. We, do we know the proper roles of the house? Are we reading God's word to know those proper roles? In order to fear God, we must know what he calls good and what he calls wicked. And we look to his holy word for this. So are we women of the word? We must be women of the word if we want to be fearing God. So we fear God and we don't fear man and we don't fear circumstances. This First um, Peter 3 scripture talks about Sarah and talks about how we should be like daughters of Sarah. And it's interesting to me because when Sarah was told that she was going to have a child in old age, what was her first response? She laughed. <laughs> she laughed at God. And God even said, did you laugh? And she said, no. <laughs> but she did. She laughed at God because she just could not believe that God would give her a child in, in old age. But he did, didn't he? And so that's one example of just a funny, I guess, of Sarah, that she just laughed in disbelief. But Sarah was a very obedient woman. She's a very faithful woman. So faithful, you know, that God would talk about her in the New Testament and tell us to be daughters of her. However, she did laugh at God. And then Proverbs 31, it's interesting to me that Proverbs 31 says a woman who laughs at the times to come. And so let's be like that woman. Let's laugh at the days ahead because we have no worry for them. You know, we don't worry about those. We're not laughing at God. Rather, we're laughing in this carefree way saying, you know, God is in control. God has this. So the common thing that all the beautiful women of the Bible and of history had was a fear of God and a trust in him. And therefore, they had a gentle and quiet spirit. They had a trust in God's ultimate sovereignty. You can think of women like Ruth who followed Naomi or Sarah who obeyed her husband and trusted God or Rahab who feared the Lord and hid the spies. There's so many women throughout the Bible that you can point to. So you don't achieve beauty. You can't maintain beauty. It will fade. It is fleeting. But you do take part in beauty. God is true beauty. He creates beauty and we have the joy of taking part in it. And as women, we have this um, powerful tool in our hands that we can use. We can beautify the gospel. We can beautify ourselves. We can beautify our home, our people. We can lavish our people with love, and we can use beauty as a means to glorify God and point others to Him. So I like to think of a little story when I'm thinking about beauty, and um, it's kind of a funny one. It goes back to I don't know, it was a few years ago, we were having some sort of family gathering at my husband's grandmother's house, and I want to say it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas, and his mom was bringing over her um, tortilla chips and spinach dip. She makes a really good spinach dip, and she brings it to a lot of things, and she brings just regular flour tortilla chips with it, and... um, So she gets there and she brings in the spinach dip and the tortilla chips and we're all ready to just dive into them and we open up the bag and we get out the chips and we dip the chip in the spinach dip and it tastes like a vanilla cinnamon something real strong sugary candle like it tastes like a candle 
and everyone is so grossed out. And so we smell the chip bag and it smells like a candle. I mean, it smells great, but you don't want to eat a candle. Well, she had had these chips really close to her Scentsy burner and the chips just took in the scent of the candle and therefore started tasting like the candle. So the chips were totally ruined and no, no one wanted to eat these chips with the spinach dip. And I like to think of us like those chips. When we are close to Christ, we start to smell like him. We start to be like him, right? So these chips, they were flour tortilla chips. Everyone knew that, okay? Everyone could see that they were flour tortilla chips. They were not a candle. They were crunchy like a flour tortilla chip. They looked like a flour tortilla chip, but they didn't smell like a flour tortilla chip, and they didn't taste like a flour tortilla chip, but we knew they were. But because they were so close to this scentsy candle burner, they, they, you know, they tasted like that. They smelled like that. And that's kind of how we are as humans. We know we're humans. We know we're not God and we will never be God, but we are created in his image. And the closer we are to him, the closer we are to his word, the more time we spend to him or spend with him rather the more we're going to smell like him, the more we're going to taste like him. We're going to give the aroma of Christ. We're going to show his beauty. And so we can throw this beauty around like crazy and do it. It's beautifying the gospel. Bring people into your home. Let them sit around a beautiful table. But what does the word say? It doesn't matter if your table is beautiful. Um, I think it's a proverb that says basically, you can have a, a great meal but if there's no love there, it's worthless, right? So give people the love that's in your heart. Show them the true beauty of God. All beauty, if it's true beauty and not a distortion of it, must be a reflection of God. This month's giveaway is brought to you by T. Marsh Stamping Company. T. Marsh Stamping Company creates hand-stamped, unique, and personal items for the special people in your life. Taylor started stamping in the fall of 2018 with the intent of making personal gifts for friends. It soon evolved into something much bigger than she ever anticipated. A true hobby she enjoys provides affordable and perfect gifts for any occasion. Every item is stamped with love and care. No two pieces are alike, just like you and I. These are created with meaning and purpose. This month, you can enter to win a cuff that has 1 Peter 3-4 stamped onto it in honor of what we've been talking about this month on the podcast, Beautiful Women. So if you'd like to win, please go to our Instagram, House to Home Podcast, follow the prompts on our giveaway post. Make sure you're following us and Team Our Stamping Company. Good luck.